welcome to the Elite Podcast Network, your number one source for all things sports. Follow us on Twitter at Elite Podcast Net. Use the hashtag EPN Era and join the revolution now. <laughs> welcome, welcome, welcome to EOTR Live. Uh, man, this is a uh, it's been a very interesting week over the what is it the last um, like last seven days. So much has gone on. I'm your host, True God Immortal. I'm here with Matt, of course. Uh, Matt, how's it going tonight? Oh man, um, other than somewhat nursing this uh, this sprained ankle that I have, um, it's going pretty good. What, is, going what did you do, well. Matt? <laughs> what did well, you do? Did you try coach? to go up for like a go for a layup and like <laughs> land it wrong, land it on somebody's foot? No. That seems to be how people sprain ankles now. Yeah, actually. I was coaching today, and we were going through a defense, and one of my players came to contest my shot. Mind you, my player's like 4'11". So I didn't see them under me, and so when I landed, I landed on their shoe, on their size fit shoe or whatever, and my ankle just, it, it, I heard, I felt a pop, and it just didn't feel good from there. So I got that going Damn, today. Sorry, you know how that, that. that like that Zaza Pachulia type of thing? Yeah, that's what happened. Wow. Okay. Well, I'm very sorry to hear that happen to you, Matt. I'll Usually, I'm breathing. I mean, usually I'd wish nothing but the, but the worst on you, but today is not that day. Today is not that day, man. <laughs> but, nah, uh, there's been a lot going on. Right now I'm currently watching New Japan's uh, Strong Style Evolve, which is uh, it's actually been a pretty solid event. What is it on? Is it on AXS? Or? A- yes, it is. It is on AXS. That's what I've been uh that's what I've been watching pretty much for the last three hours now. Uh, Omega, it's Ken, Kenny Omega and Kota Ibushi against the Young Bucks. It's the main event. Um, this is actually, and it's, it's beautiful storytelling. It's beautiful storytelling. Uh, it's just the way how Omega is conflicted between his tag team partner and his, and his buddies, the, the Young Bucks. <laughs> this is really like it is really good stuff, man. But um yeah, so New Japan having a strong style a uh, strong style evolved uh event and it seems like the people have been really into this. <laughs> it seems like people have been really into the show so far from what I've seen. Uh of course Jushin Thunder Liga was supposed to take on Rey Mysterio, but instead he had to fight Will Ospreay. Um which was still that was still a good match. But no man, the young bucks are yeah, young bucks are cooking right long now. Beat. They're at the they're at the Long yeah. Beach Pyramid right now. Yeah, and from what I heard, um, New Japan in July is supposed to be coming to the Cal Palace, which, if I'm not yep, mistaken, that's San, San Francisco. Francisco. Yeah, yep, in downtown. So, and uh, well, it's not in downtown San Francisco. It's it for those who's familiar <laughs> with um, who's familiar with with San Francisco. 
it's like right down the freeway from um from the airport. No, it's not that far from the airport. But yeah, there it's been confirmed. Apparently, it's been confirmed that they're going to the Cow Palace in uh in San Francisco. Mm, okay. I remember the Cow Palace used to host Super Brawl sometimes. That's what that's the only thing I know about it. Uh, it hosted, that's the only thing yeah, I know it, about it. it. It used to be where the Warriors played a long time ago. Like a long, long time ago. That was where the Warriors played. And then uh I don't know if you remember remember the Eddie Guerrero Brock Lesnar match when Eddie won the title? Yeah. That was at the Cow Palace. Oh, okay. That was at the Cow Palace as well. But I didn't know. I didn't know the 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 uh the pyramid because the pyramid actually is a, is a pretty decent sized arena. It, it, you could get a good seat anywhere. So I didn't. But I didn't think it would look that big for a um for a pay per view. Because there's some people I know that's there. Matter of fact, Skips is there right now, I believe. I think he's there. I think I think he's <laughs> Oh, there. really? I, I think Skips is there right now. Matter of fact, I believe he is. As a matter of fact, I believe he is there right now. And um, and the pyramid is actually, it was it's pretty huge. Because last year they did it at Long Beach Arena, which is in downtown, um, which is in downtown Long Beach. They did it at Long Beach Arena. This year, they're on the campus of Cal of uh, of Long Beach State. So, but it, it it look I didn't think it would look that big for a wrestling event, and it looks pretty it looks pretty big for a wrestling event. It looks pretty huge. Oh, it, it looks, yeah, looks solid. Yeah, man, I, it, the crowd was hot all night. It just seemed like everybody's having a really good, uh, really good time there, going crazy. It looks like a nice, decent-sized crowd. I mean, I don't, I guess I don't know how many people are actually there. I would assume around like to five thousand, maybe. I don't yeah, think it that, doesn't look like looks, it's. Um, as I got whoever. So, it looks I'm, like there's like I'm maybe two hundred people on the on the floor. Add it, add that by like the total amount of the attendance that the that the uh, pyramid holds. How how much? I mean, it's how, how, what's the total? What is the total attendance of the pyramid? Like the actual like generalization. Uh, let, me look, let me look. I mean, let me look that up because I know for the basketball game, it's pretty big. Yeah, because I was thinking like yeah, for like a for a wrestling event, it's a <laughs> it's not. I guess you don't need as much space as you might need for a basketball game, considering you have to have an entire court. Uh, in the basketball game, where here you just have a you have a ring. Oh, this match is this match is fire! I just want to point yeah. out this match is fire. Um, but uh, no, yeah, you know, I'm I'm I haven't been very very eight eight thousand eight thousand. So think wow, about okay. it, maybe. So we're so you're looking at possibly somewhere close to nine thousand people there. That's fucking amazing. That's amazing. And then yeah, if you're I'm looking at not close thinking, to nine thousand. Wow. And it would probably be a lot more, I'm sure, if it had upper decks, which is pretty much that's what makes every big arena uh like a big arena because you go past the ten thousand seat capacity. <laughs> so 
This is a big deal for New Japan uh, in the United yeah. States well, because I look they're at, becoming a hot I look ticket. At the, I look at the Long Beach Arena because I believe when they did it at the Long Beach Arena, it was, um, oh, yeah, Long Beach Arena was about is about 13,000. You're looking at that. It was Damn. about 14,000 last year. <clears throat> that's crazy. That's like honestly that's really crazy when you think about it because it's like man, like uh, you got 14, you know, close to 13, 14,000 people coming to see New Japan and it's just you have to think about it because there's no other company <laughs> in wrestling since WCW that's run North American events in a huge arena. Like, nobody's done this. New Japan nope. is TNA. easily the number TNA two. Used to. TNA used to. TNA but... never, TNA never ran, like, a 10,000 seats of arena. Oh, oh, no. Oh, no, 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 no. They didn't. Like, New Japan is not going to do this, obviously, like TNA did. Because, you know, TNA is, like, it's North American-based. But this is a Japan-based company with with all of the biggest independent wrestlers. Well, the thing and that gets and me they're... is, the, the thing that gets me, because we're new, we're, we think about it, okay? Look how far we have come in, in terms of how you can get a hold of finding out or watching these events, you know what I mean? You have to find a stream to watch these events or something like that, to watch something like New Japan, or New Japan you know? Or read yeah. it in the magazines and stuff, or look it up on the internet. Now, New Japan is on TV in in North America. Consistently. They're consistently on TV in, in North America, and now they're doing events in North America. Mm. You know what? I have to say, the success of New Japan in North America as it's grown is something that's just unreal. You know, for me, it's unreal because, you know, looking at this arena now, looking at it on TV right now, like, <laughs> this is just amazing. Oh, that was great. That was a great move. Um, no, it's just oh. It's just a, it's just a, it's just an amazing seat for them, and it shows the power. I think, not only of the brand, but the popularity of the Bullet Club itself, of Kenny Omega, the Young Bucks, like those. I think the biggest draws, and and, and like the two biggest draws in, in in New Japan for North America is Kenny Omega and the Young Bucks. I don't think it's close. Cody Rhodes is not as big of a draw as people think he is. He's just a draw because he's a part of the Bullet Club now. But, you know, watching this, man, this is this has been, I don't know, like the way the crowd is invested, the way people, you know, really, really enjoy this, I think it says a lot. Oh, shit. Oh, wow. The whole lot. All right. All right. That was, that was, that was a lot. That was a nice sequence. Uh, but yeah, like like New Japan, it's just good to have some competition, <laughs> even if the competition isn't, you know, you know, like the competition isn't going to be like a one hundred percent North American, you know, uh, competitor like that. But still, you know, I, I don't think I, it I, I like seeing, I like seeing stuff. Yeah, it's not. But I think when you have a television deal in place, 
you know, on a network that most people can watch, most people can get. And you can, you know, utilize this to broadcast this and, and get people <laughs> get people to watch. And then there was a talk of having like a uh um like a possible, you know, like improving the quality of their television show. So like you know, I think about it, like TNA, I, I think uh, TNA still has a television deal. Was like, does anybody watch it? Ring of Honor has a television deal, but does anybody watch it? And I've heard that New Japan, their ratings and and and, and the subscribers that they have to New Japan World, they just get bigger and bigger. So I, it's never going to be like an equal playing field competition, but just to have an alternative for people that say, hey, you know what? I want to watch television. I want to watch wrestling. I want to see Kenny Omega. Hey, the Young Bucks are pretty popular. I want to watch the Bullet Club. So to have this, to me, I think is um, I just, I just think it's really uh, it's a really a, a great thing because the WWE is just not getting it done for me uh, as a well, as a fan right now. The the more WWE just keeps shooting themselves in the they keep shooting themselves in the foot because they have the potential. They have the potential, you know what I mean? But they keep shooting themselves in the foot and force-feeding. And I think that's just because you have somebody by the name of Vince McMahon and who, and all of his yes-men there. You know, they're like, well, I think this is what the people want to see. Well, that's not really what the people want to see. With New Japan, you, I think the thing with, with New Japan and with WWE is here's the thing I think we keep expecting with, with WWE. We keep expecting actual wrestling, like what New Japan gives us. New Japan gives us actual actual wrestling, what we want to see, and some pretty decent storylines too. But they give us actual wrestling, which is what the people want to see. WWE is more of sports entertainment. They run along the lines of sports entertainment. They're a wrestling company that cares more to sports entertainment. You know what I mean? The drama and everything. I think that's the difference there it, it, with New Japan and with 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 uh, with WWE. New Japan wrestling is basically it's a sport. Professional wrestling is basically a sport, and they and, you know the people out there they want to see certain things. You know, I, I think it's we, it's not every day we get stuff like that. Like we're not gonna get something like what ECW was, you know, where ECW, it brought you wrestling. It brought you um, wrestling and, um, and 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 some good drama at the same time, you know. I feel like WWE lacks doing that because they don't have the right people. They don't have the right people doing things, and they lack logical sense. Well, I'll say this. There's one thing I'll say, and this is something I believe. Um, New Japan has has a. I think New Japan has a, has their finger on the pulse of what wrestling fans want, even though they're still behind a little bit. But I still think they have a, a finger on the pulse. Whereas WWE doesn't have their finger on the pulse, and they don't have to because there's no competition. I think that's I don't, I've said this before. I don't think that's healthy for this business at all. I don't think it's, I don't think it's healthy at all for this business. Uh, but you know, um, I, like I said, I, I love what New Japan's doing. Oh, that was oh wow, that's crazy. 
Um, I love watching New Japan. I love paying attention to this, to everything they got going on, man. Like I just like I really enjoy New Japan from just top, like top to bottom, man. I, I think they have some of the best wrestling, if not the best overall shows, period. Um, but I will say this. Another thing that I really enjoy about New Japan is watching Cody Rhodes' wife on my television every time she's on there. That woman is fine as hell. <laughs> Look, you know me, goddammit. I can't help it. <clears throat> I mean, everybody knows I love women so much, but I really love Brandy Rhodes. She is my lord. Mm. Whew, that woman is fine. Um, so fuck you, Cody Rhodes. And Brandy, you can always come home, sister. You can always come home and be welcome. Always. <laughs> and also, there's this girl. Uh, her name is like Tokyo Latina. She's a part of the Bullet Club. And I saw people talking about her, saying like, oh, you know, she's, you know, she's utilized in the wrong way. I'm just going to say for, I guess she's a Tokyo Latina, meaning she's like Asian and Latina or Japanese. And then that woman is fine as hell. She don't got a lot of body. She just kind of, she just said, I don't look this up. So, yeah, her name, it's like her name is Tokyo Latina or something like that. And she's always with the Bullet Club. And I think I forgot who she's with. I think it's like the Tokyo Pimp or some shit like that. And I forgot. I forgot his. I forgot. But whatever. Oh, that was dope. Oh, that was a dope move. But okay, so there's a picture I'm looking at on her. A couple of bunch of pictures. Like she just she comes out scantily clad, uh, and her eyes oh, are like muffins. About. Yeah, muffin zero three zero, ass. I don't know why that is her name, but uh, I'm not. Yeah, she she she's alright with me too. She kind of fine as hell to me too. Like all of them, like all of the ladies of New Japan that I've seen are fine as hell. So, you know, <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. So like I said, Matt, I'd, I'd I'd never I'd never steal you wrong, I'd never steal you wrong. And as you, as you can see, New Japan has some beautiful, beautiful, beautiful women, some beautiful women. But anyway, neither here nor there. Briefly, I'm gonna mention something before we get into sports talk. I'm really just stalling time because I'm watching this match. Oh shit! I hope Kenny Omega oh. ain't really hurt. I hope he's not really hurt. Because that looked like it might have actually been in, injured him. I hope he's not. So, for those of you that aren't into uh, New Japan like that and you're into WWE and you're listening right now, we can briefly talk about something that has been, been going on in the, in the news of wrestling for the last, I don't know how long, um, about a week or so now, a little bit less than a week. Daniel Bryan is coming back. He's going to be wrestling. WrestleMania seems like it's going to be Shane McMahon and Daniel Bryan versus Sammy, uh, Sammy Zayn and Kevin Owens. Looks to be an interesting uh, interesting match that's going, to, uh, that's going to happen. And, uh, oh, oh, that was good. Oh, this match is good. I'm trying to, I'm trying to not 
focus like this. This is a really good oh, this is a really good match. Um but yeah, man, uh Daniel Bryan coming back is like a really big deal as it should be. Um it's long overdue. He's been cleared. <laughs> He's been cleared for, for the last for the last what, two two years? Oh man, I I can't, I gotta stop talking because this 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 move is about I don't I don't know what they're about to do right now in this match. It it, it looks it looks like it's about to be insane. Oh my god, what the hell? That Yo. Was That's it. Yo. Nope. Kick out. <laughs> now this match is great. Strong style evolved is fucking awesome. It's been a really good night. I thought Jay White and uh, Adam Page had a good one. <laughs> oh, man. Wow. This, is, this is a really good match. This is a really, really good match. I'm hoping somebody goes so, to the table at some point. Somebody has I'm really to. hoping someone goes to But this is this is a great Wrestling match. It's a really, really good wrestling match. Oh man, this is really super oh. kick. Oh, this is oh, this is a good. This is a good man. This is a good one. This is a really good one. I don't know if it'll be. There it is. That's it. Nope. Okay. Ah, they're kicking out. <laughs> oh. I, I like. I'm trying to. Like I said, I'm trying to really, really focus. Trying to focus on this show and then matches going on and everything. Yeah, I'm trying to focus. It's very hard. <clears throat> wow, I don't know what's happening right now. Okay, all right. I don't know. All right. Oh. Damn, stiff ass kicks, a boot kicking the shit out. Oh, this is great. Oh, still the sequences are good though. It's like a fluid sequence. Yeah, Yeah, this is this is to me this is all to me this is the. the, I mean, for me, this is like the. uh, I don't know. This is I, this is like this is one of the best matches. This is what seen. we should be seeing from WWE. This is the type and of we, will, we should be seeing. I'll be honest. We will see some of that at WrestleMania. We will see that at WrestleMania. We'll see that in the AJ Styles Shinsuke Nakamura match. Super kick party. Super kick party time. Uh oh. Oh my god. Yo, this is dope. This match is this is this is a dope match. Yo. 
<laughs> Scorpion Deathlock. I gotta say, also shout out to the Young Bucks for playing up. Look at look at how they're dressed. What they usually dress like this, but it's very Hogan, NWO esque to me. Oh, that was wow. Oh, oh. Abushi is not going to kick out. Abushi's not going to tap. Abushi cannot tap out. Oh, Max Back just gave out. (coughs) This is actually pretty good storytelling. I appreciate this. (coughs) That DDT, though, that DDT on the outside was vicious. It was a. I, I, oh. I, 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 that was wild. <laughs> How long has this match been going on? I feel like it's been going on for a while, man. Like, it's it, it like about 30 minutes. Turned to it not that long ago, and it feels like it's been going for a while. I've been watching it since about eleven twenty, eleven twenty-five, uh, which it's a, it's here. It's like eleven fifty-seven now, so it's been thirty-four, yeah. thirty-five minutes. Somebody's going through the table. Oh, oh, there it goes. Oh. There it is. Oh, there we go. That's what I'm talking about. This is a great. It's an awesome match. This is a classic. I I gotta give it. I gotta give it up. This might be a classic. This is great. It's so great that I'm finding it hard to focus and talk about anything else but this match. <laughs> right? So, we'll get to other stuff. Uh, but is a boost? I thought a boost was bleeding for a second. Oh! That's got to be it. No. Oh, yeah. This is... This match is amazing. This match is amazing. Someone said New Japan is so much better than WWE right now. And it's not even close. You have Jim Ross calling this match too, or something. <laughs> makes it so much better. It makes it even. I mean, it's it's a classic. Who no matter who calls it, the Jim Ross calling it. Yeah, it. regardless. But the fact that you have uh, that you have them there, it, it it makes it that much more. You know, super kick party. Super oh. kick party. 
One wing angel. Damn. Super kick. Yo, this is amazing. Yo. <clears throat> this is yo, this yo, the fans are giving them a standing ovation. So they so they are they have gone past thirty. This match is so good, and I feel like it's going to end soon, but then it might not. Come on. This is beautiful. (laughs) Storytelling is amazing. Oh, that snap German suplex. No. Oh, 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 shit. This is an amazing match. <clears throat> a beautiful, that was a beautiful power driver. Man, what is. For those of you listening and expecting some great commentary on other things in the world right now, we apologize. Some things just we, take we're priority, crazy. and this is... <clears throat> we're being we fans. Are, I know. I know. That sounds crazy. We are we're being fans so right now. Into this. <clears throat> yeah, this is great. This is what wrestling is about. Oh! Hulk Hogan style with the belt. Hulk Hogan style with the belt. <clears throat> this is pure NWO stick. Hey man, look like Omega got the African flag pants on. Uh, I got some African flag. He pants does. On. I'm not gonna lie, he does. <laughs> it really does. That man. That that oh. man clearly. That man is clearly uh, representing Africa. Oh goodness. Wakanda forever. That's what he's representing right now. He's representing that Wakanda. I'm, I'm with it. Come on. <laughs> Bring it home. Bring it home, He's Omega. Canadian. Is it is it is it is it Omega Canadian? Yes, he is. Oh, oh, what a oh, what a spear. Oh, oh, that looks better than Roman Reigns' spear. That's better than Roman Reigns' spear. Everything's better than Roman Reigns' spear. That's very true. That's very true. The finger poke of Doom is better than the Roman Reigns' spear. <laughs> very finger true. Poke of Doom. Oh my God. No, Abushi has been getting his ass kicked this entire match. Like, I don't think I remember seeing him have any offense. No, he had some offense. There we go. There we go. Come on. 
Right through the table. Damn, nigga. Oh my god, yo, yo. This is no. <laughs> That was great. Is this? Oh shit! This gotta be over. Oh, this gotta be it. This gotta be it. No, he kicked out. Somebody just said Jim Ross is on. (laughs) So somebody said Jim Ross is drinking henny. (laughs) Someone else said Jim Ross. (laughs) This one said Jim Ross is on that loud. So like everybody. He has to. to He has to be. He has to be. This is amazing, yo. Come on. How many minutes are they going? Are they going for an hour? Is the time limit an hour? Yeah, 60 minutes. This might be a match of the year, Ken. This is probably a match of the year, Ken. This, this, yeah, it has to be. It's funny. I never had this feeling watching WWE. <laughs> this is I so never. <laughs> Probably NXT. Maybe a, NXT. That's amazing. NXT, yes. NXT, yes. NXT, yes. The, uh, certain matches. Like, I think it was the last takeover. They had a match, and I was like, oh, Super Kick party time. Super Kick. Oh, this is funny. Oh. This got to be over. This match has oh. to be over soon. This has to be over soon. <laughs> One wing angel. Oh. Yo, this match is over. Oh. Yo. Yo. You gotta be kidding me. Yo. Yo, that was beautiful storytelling, yo. This is beautiful. This this is great. So Jim Ross is definitely drunk. <laughs> Jim Ross is definitely drunk. He yes, can't even he. get to the This is amazing, man. This is going to go a whole hour, yo. 
this might go a whole hour. Yeah. This I This is amazing, man. This is this ha this has my vote for match of the year so far. Easily. Easily. Oh, come on. Oh. Oh. All right, this gotta be the. This has to be the end of the match. He has to be. This gotta be. They've been wrestling for forty minutes. Tell me why, for whatever oh. reason. It's gotta be over. Okay. All right. There we go. That was a hell yep. of a match. That was a hell of a match. That was that was great. <laughs> the golden trigger with the double pin. It's so funny watching this because the young bucks. Like, like the the end of aftermath is like the young bucks. I feel like they're gonna all shake hands at the end of this. That was a horrible camera angle. All right. That was great. I have that to think they either shake hands or something. They're not going to end the show like this, I don't think. If they do, I mean, that's a good cliffhanger. But that was a man, that was a great match, man. That was a great match. Salute to them. Salute to these dudes, man. Because they put on. They put on tonight. Is, is he actually hurt? Or are they selling it? Who? Uh, I think it's Nick, Nick Jackson, I think. Because they have an ice pack on him. I don't know if he's actually really hurt. No, I think they got another one, too. There, there's, I think that's just something they do. <laughs> oh, okay, must be just something they do, okay. I think they're talking to each other now about how good this match was. <laughs> they should be proud yeah. of themselves, man. This is that's a match to be proud of. I'm just glad they didn't they didn't go overboard with the Golden Lovers uh Billy and Chuck storyline that people are trying to force out of this in this match. I'm glad they didn't do that. I'm very glad. I hope. <laughs> <laughs> 
I hope that wasn't the case. That they were going to go that way. Yeah, like they've been hinting at that, but I like the way they're ending this. I like the way they're ending because it's, it's like <laughs> it's like no one really knows what's happening right there. And Omega didn't seem like he seemed like he didn't want to leave, and now he's like leaving out. But that was great, man. That was a absolute great match. A true classic. That I don't see any I don't see any tag team match topping that this year. The only no, thing that could no. possibly come to only thing I could possibly come close to is, is if they gave Usos a new day, maybe like a sixty-minute. Oh, oh, that's what I was waiting for. Cody Rhodes is in. Oh. Bullet Club is the, the Bullet Club is dead. Wait, there we go. Oh, this is awesome. This is yo, this is great storytelling. <clears throat> and this is what I was waiting for. Yo, this is amazing. The elite is still alive, damn it. Oh, this is a great, yo. This is awesome. Yeah. This is what I wanted to see. There we go. That's what I like to see. That was a uh, that was just yo. This is a... this is great. I'm I'm so I'm into this. I'm into this storyline so much, man. This is amazing. <laughs> I want to hear what Omega about to say. This is amazing, man. And I wish I could be happy about the situation. 
All right. Every New Japan show ends with Kenny Omega. I'm realizing that. <laughs> what does he mean by whether New Japan likes it or not? That's I, I, I don't get that. I don't know. He might just be talking shit. Use the word poop. I'm not. All right. Oh, then all right. Here we go. Uh, all right. They got their money's worth out there in Long Beach. Yeah, they did. They got their money's worth. Amazing, amazing, uh, amazing, amazing show. Amazing main event. Great end to what was a very solid show with Kenny Omega, Kota Ibushi, and the Young Bucks. Excellent, excellent main event. That's what professional wrestling is all about. Let's just keep it honest. Let's just be real. This is what professional wrestling is all about. What we watched tonight was 100% what professional wrestling is all about. You think about professional wrestling, that is what you want to see. That's what you want to be a part of. That's what you want. However... There are other things going on in wrestling right now, uh, but not nearly as important. WrestleMania is two weeks away, but who cares, right? WrestleMania is not important right now. WrestleMania is not important at all at this point. Uh, that's just being honest. I don't find WrestleMania to, to, to be to be great anymore. Um, but, yeah, WrestleMania is coming up, so if you're interested in watching WrestleMania or, or taking part in the festivities like Franchise and a few others I know will be, um, you know, in two weeks, exactly two weeks from now, 
there's going to be some very interesting things going on. Um, AJ Styles versus Shinsuke Nakamura, the return of Daniel Bryan, Kurt Angle's getting back in the ring. It's just a number of, of big of big things happening. But because WWE is so weird, it doesn't feel as important as it should. And that is the problem with WrestleMania this year. It doesn't really feel like WrestleMania. And if you can just take a brief look-see over to uh, the eyesonthering.com website, uh, you'll actually notice that I wrote an article about WrestleMania 34. Uh, I believe it was this past week, actually. Um, I, I wanted to discuss what I felt was the lack of excitement for WrestleMania uh, 34. It's actually the most recent um, most recent article on eyesonthering.com, and it says, you know, can WrestleMania 34 exceed expectations or will it disappoint? Um, I let it be known I am a negative WWE fan. I always have been, and I probably always will be. But we get Daniel Bryan back. We get Cedric Alexander versus Mustafa Ali for the Cruiserweight Championship. We get um, Charlotte versus Asuka. Um, if you're into watching old-ass men fight each other, you have John Cena, who's 40, versus 53-year-old Undertaker. So <clears throat> that's your thing. You can have that. Um, Finn Balor, Seth Rollins, and The Miz, a uh, triple threat match for the Intercontinental Championship. And then, of course, AJ Styles and Shinsuke Nakamura. So there is something to be uh, said, I guess, about WrestleMania and, and, you know, some of the things that will possibly be a part uh, of that weekend. And, of course, the NXT TakeOver is actually um, TakeOver in New Orleans. And you heard Matt mention a little earlier that uh, that he um, uh, you know he, he he sometimes can mark all over NXT. He'll be really excited for stuff at NXT, and they have a solid, very very solid uh, so far a solid card. Um, I think it's going to be Johnny Gargano and and Tommaso Ciampa in a uh, one on one match. It's an unsanctioned match. It's supposed to be what it is because Johnny Gargano is leaving to go to SmackDown after WrestleMania weekend. So, um, you know, Tommaso and, and Johnny are going to go out there and have a, uh, which should have a classic with each other, unsanctioned classic, brutal classic. And then we have the North American Championship match. It's a ladder match. It's a six-man ladder match for the NXT North American Championship, Velveteen Dream, Ricochet, uh, Killian Dan, Lars Sullivan, EC3, and Adam Cole are all going to be vying in a ladder match for the NXT North American Championship. And then, of course, that Adam Cole's like working double duty. Good. That's going to be a good-ass match. And Adam Cole's doing double duty. Double duty uh, because Bobby Fish is injured, but I think we already know what's about to happen. Um, the Undisputed Era, which will be Adam Cole and Kyle O'Reilly, they'll be taking on the Authors of Pain and Roderick Strong and Pete Dunne um, for the NXT Tag Team Championship. I believe, from what I was told, that the Authors of Pain will be debuting after WrestleMania as well, so I don't expect them to win. I actually see Adam Cole and Kyle O'Reilly retaining the tag team titles in this match because I think they might go with Adam Cole to win the North American Championship. Um, so, but yeah, I mean, NXT TakeOver New Orleans has, has a solid card. Um, so it's going to be, it's going to be a great, I think it's going to be a great event. 
it's going to probably be the best event of the weekend, I should say. It should be the best event of the weekend um, from from a WWE standpoint. So WrestleMania is very soon. Um, NXT TakeOver New Orleans is the night before. But, Matt, you know we got to talk about college basketball because the final four is set. And I don't think any of us would have predicted some of these some of these outcomes that happen for March Madness. I don't think any of us could have predicted certain things. Uh, case in point, <clears throat> first day of the tournament, we watched uh, we watched Miami lose to Loyola. Um, who else? Who else lost? Uh, Gonzaga almost lost. We watched Trey Young. Uh, and Oklahoma go down in the first round. Um, what are the what are the other upsets? Like there were a couple other ones. Uh, Kentucky barely survived Davidson. Alabama barely survived Virginia Tech. Buffalo upset Arizona. And uh, who else? Who else? I think I mean Marshall upset Wichita State. So I guess that counts as an upset. Um, uh, who else? Who else? Uh, Michigan State lost, not in the first round. I, they didn't lose in the first round, but uh, yeah. But um, UMBC took out Virginia, and that was yeah. the big news of the first round. That was the big news of the first round. UMBC taking out Virginia. Huge news. We talked about that last uh, last week. Um, Florida State was like a uh, like a darling, so to speak, for some people because I don't think people expected them to get as far as they did. Um, yeah, you know, like I said, Loyola. Loyola is the is that you know it's that one sleeper team that makes it to the Elite Eight or the Final Four before their luck eventually runs they're, out. And Loyola is that team I right think, now. I think they're the the, uh, the darling, and I think the reason why is because of the whole sister Jean thing. Um, I, I I don't think anybody had them going to the final four if you looked at it. And I remember saying this was going to be a wide open tournament. I remember telling people this tournament will be wide open, and it's showing actually. Now I know we have Kansas and Villanova in, of course. You know, we got we have uh, two one seeds in there that will be playing each other, and then you have Michigan. I think here's the thing, though. People, I think there were some people who had Michigan going to the Final Four. <laughs> there were actually some people who had Michigan going to the Final Four. They were a favorite because they caught fire at the end. Michigan did catch fire at the end because that's – Michigan – and I'm starting to notice this. Michigan starts to, to become a deadly team towards the end of the season. Yeah, that's true. That's true. That's true. But um, I think I think what surprised me the most about about this entire thing, to me at least, was that. You know, I looked at uh, I looked at uh, my bracket to see kind of, you know what I mean, like kind of see where, you know, 
kind of where I was at the, like, see how I was doing with everything. And for me, after I uh, looked at my bracket, I was like, man, like, I didn't have none of this shit. Uh, You know what I mean? Like, I didn't have any of this shit kind of, like, I just didn't have any of it happening the way that it did, man. And so I was really, really, um, really surprised, so to speak. You know what I'm saying? Like, I was really surprised um, when, 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 like, uh, like, Virginia going down was a shock for me. That was the biggest first big shock. I think that was the biggest shock. Well, here's the thing. You know what I mean? Because... I think the shock of it all is how the way they lost. I think that was the yeah, biggest shock. Not not only them losing, but how the way they lost. Yeah, that was the that was the most shocking part about it. But I also think another another thing that's shocking about uh, about this entire tournament so far is that it was such a wide open field. It was in such a wide open field, and it really uh, you know, I was watching the Florida State. Um, you know, I was I was out in D.C. yesterday, and so I was watching some of the games yesterday, and um, you know, watching the Loyola Kansas State and and the Florida State Michigan game. You know, watching both of those games, I, I was like Loyola. I had Loyola taking that game anyway, and then I was watching Florida State Michigan, and Florida State was really keeping up. You know in the game, like the Florida State, it just felt like Florida State could have taken it. And so I was kind of pushing for Florida State to take it just so we could have a, uh, you know, a little bit of a different, like, I feel like the games today weren't exciting because I felt like I knew what most of the results were going to be. I kind of had hoped Duke would win because I was looking more forward. I was looking forward to a uh, Villanova-Duke game slightly more than a Kansas and Villanova um, game. But uh, everything, like I said, outside of the Loyola, uh, you know, darling of the of the tournament so far, I think all of the teams that have made it so far, the teams that did make it, the other three teams are possible. I mean, I didn't have Michigan making the Final Four, but it's not like it's that big of a, you know, like that crazy of a thought that, uh, you know, that it could make, that they could have made the Final Four. So, um I'm just, I'm just curious, though, Matt. What do you think about this Final Four? Like, what do you think? I think it's going to be interesting. You know what? This is going to be interesting. It's going to be interesting. And here, let me tell you why it will be interesting. Um, it, it's going to be interesting because you have Michigan, who is looking to get to the title game since 20, 2013. Am I correct? Since 2013, they're going to be looking to get to the title game. They're going to be looking to win their first national championship since 1989, I want to say. Let me let me look. I want to say they're going to be looking for their first national title since 89. It's been a while. It, it, it really has, if you really think about it. It has been a while. Michigan hasn't been as relevant uh, in a long time. 
So, um, well, they I mean, they've been relevant. They, they've been relevant. Remember the Fab Five? They've been relevant. Then they were hit with sanctions. I was, was going to say, like, they haven't... Yeah, and then, they and then they the... Really, uh, I was going to say they haven't really been relevant since then. Like, Well, they did go to the title game. Here, here's the thing. Michigan consistently has been good the, the last few they're years. They're good. But they haven't yeah, been, like... Team. They haven't been, like, national title contenders since... 2011, no, 2013, since 2013, actually. Yeah, 1989 was their first, was their first national title. They defeated Seton Hall by one. They defeated Seton Hall by one in overtime, and the, um, and the championship game was at the Kingdom in Seattle, Washington. Hmm. Wow. I guess the question is, do you see Michigan making the title game? We're coming up right on uh I do. Final four? I, I you got them over I Loyola. Do. I have them over Loyola. Uh and that could be proving me wrong, but I, I feel like Michigan's hot. Michigan's hot right now. They've been hot for the last few games. And and mind you, this is after they had a week off. They played the Big Ten. Here's what people don't understand. Selection Sunday was what? Two weeks ago? Yeah. Okay. Something like that. Selection Sunday was two was about two weeks ago. They played the Big Ten the Big Ten tournament a week before so they could play it at Madison Square Garden. So, mind you, Michigan had a week off. Michigan had a whole week off, and they're still on fire right now. I think Michigan. I think Michigan has more size. I think they have more three-point uh, shooting capability. I, I I just think they are. I think they are the better of the two. I believe. Well, I'm gonna go with Loyola just because I fully believe in uh, this this kind of uh, how can I describe it? Like this kind of uh, like I guess the I'm going with the darling the the whole darling thing, you know, that's within it. But I don't right. know for me, man. I just I, I I genuinely feel like like I watched the dominance of um you know of like like of uh Loyola over Kansas State and it was just like, yo, like uh, their dominance was just so ridiculous that instantly, I was like, yo, I was like, this is, I was like, that's it for me. I was like, that, I was like, I got them going. Okay, so maybe not all the way, but I see them going to the championship game. I can, I can see them going championship game. Maybe not winning, not going all the way and becoming champions. But even then, it's kind of possible. I don't think I've seen anything from Kansas 
or Villanova or any of these teams that showed me that they are, without a doubt, better. Uh, I got a question for you. What's Michigan seed right now in the tournament? What's Michigan seed? They are three. Last time Michigan won the national title in 1989, they were a three seed. What's your point? Last time, what is your point? Last time Michigan won, last time, no, I'm just saying, I'm just saying, I'm not saying, I'm not making a point or anything, I'm just saying, the last time Michigan won their national title, they were a three seed. They actually were a three seed, which was kind of ironic. Well, and then they were a three seed the year before or the year after, and then they lost. I'm just looking. I'm actually. I'm just like. I'm just looking right now, so that's why. Well, I'm still going to go with Loyola because I want to ride this wave of darling. The, the, like, this is a team that the amount of confidence that you have to have, like I feel like Villanova has been um, probably the most dominant team so far in this entire run. So I think Villanova is going to beat Kansas. Um because just based on what I've seen, Villanova's washed every opponent they've come across, whether it be Alabama, um, you know, whether it be West Virginia, whether it be Texas Tech. They've washed every opponent they've come across. And for all of the uh, talk that we said that Kentucky had the easiest road to the Final Four and all this stuff, like, I think Villanova's had a fairly decent, um, you know, fairly decent, fairly decent run. Um, you know, Villanova had a fairly decent run because I think maybe their opponents aren't up to par, so maybe they'll get exposed against Kansas. But I think Villanova's going to end up beating Kansas, and I think Loyola's going to end up uh, surprising everyone in in upsetting Michigan and we're gonna get gonna get Loyola versus Villanova. That's gonna be uh probably not the not the game that everybody uh you know that everybody wants wants. I don't think everybody wants that, but I think that will pro- probably be what we get. So um <clears throat> I would I wouldn't I wouldn't be shocked. Yeah, I mean, if if I had to go, my smart my smart money would be on Michigan versus Villanova. That's probably what'll happen. But yeah, yeah, I, I'm gonna go yeah, with I, uh, here, Villanova and Loyola. I think we can. I go. With here's that. what I'm. Here's what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna go with I'm gonna go with Villanova too. A because I have them as my national champion. Uh. I yeah. have them as my as my national talk champion right now, so I'm gonna go with Villanova. I'm gonna ride with Villanova, although I think Kansas, I think I think Kansas will give them a good run for their money. 
Um, that that would be a good game. That'd be a really good game. Um, what was I getting ready to say? Um, I like I said, I have Villanova, and I got Michigan. I think a Michigan Villanova game would be very good. Yeah, Michigan Villanova uh, Villanova game would be really good. Definitely. Definitely really good. I fully agree with that. Did did you see what um Oh wait, you probably saw this earlier. Never mind. <laughs> yeah, you probably saw this earlier. I'm not sure what you're referring to, it, but um what Steve Kerr said about Steph Curry. But I, I, I think we—I think you probably saw that earlier. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. I saw that. All right. So I was wondering, what do you, what do you think? Of, oh, go ahead. No, I was going to ask something different. Continue, continue your thought uh, before I move on to something different. What were you going to say? No, I was going to ask what you thought about that. But if you're moving on to something different. I'm I'm in, I'm actually interested to hear what you're about to say. Well, I was gonna say I was gonna say uh, I wanted to move on because I feel like March Madness is it's very simple now. It's only four teams left in the Final Four, and I think we kind of have an idea of, of what we expect to see. I, I don't think either one of us expects Kansas to beat Villanova, so um, you know, it is what it is. Um, but I wanted to move on to the NBA really quickly. Um, because there's a lot going on in the NBA right now, and it feels like hot takes are abound. You know? Yeah, hot take central. And, you know, and so I just want to explain to people a few things. And some of these things you're not going to like if you're listening and you're a fan of certain people. Some of these things you, you, you might like if you are a fan of certain things. So I just want to point out one thing. If you're a Houston Rockets fan, probably let you know this ahead of time. Every single year, Chris Paul finds his way into an injury that eventually gets worse. Like he'll get an injury somewhere between February and March. It looks like it's not serious. Not serious. He comes back plays to the first round, the injury flares up in the first round due to the heightened level of competition. Chris Paul has set out the last two or three games for the Rockets with a hamstring injury. Nothing major. He'll probably play on Tuesday. But when he comes back, it's, it's Chris Paul. He has, he's injury, he has an injury history. Not uh, extensive like, oh, he's going to be, um, you know, he's going to be out for like six months or a season-ending season uh, injury, but it's usually something that affects him, so he's not really the same, and it keeps keeps on lingering. And I, it's always been like that with Chris Paul for some reason. Um, maybe it's because he's so small compared to everyone. I don't know, but whatever the case may be, if you're a Houston Rockets fan, that's two tidbits of news. One, some of your role players are not fitting in as well. Joe Johnson does not fit within the Mike D'Antoni system. Um, also. Uh, Clint Capella is playing some of the best ball um, against the worst teams. That should, that should be – we should let that be known. Clint Capella destroyed the Atlanta Hawks. 
today. Houston Rockets beat the Atlanta Hawks by like 18 points. Granted, the Houston Rockets were at like almost 100% full strength. I mean, they rested a few guys, but they have enough enough depth in their roster that they could bring up other guys. So Gerald Green got a lot of lot of playing time. Uh, James Harden, another night where James Harden didn't really have the best shooting. I think it was like four of fourteen from the field, one of eight or one of nine from three. So if you're a Houston Rockets fan, it should be a little concerning that over the last five games. James Harden has had three or four games where he shot under 20% from 20% and under from the field. That's probably not what you want to hear going into the playoff picture because he's notorious for falling off with his his, his efficiency in his play uh, heading into the playoffs. <laughs> and I think, you know, that is something that, we really, really have to, you know, kind of take it to consideration if you're a Houston Rockets fan or if you're just a basketball fan. James Harden is not an extremely – he's just not an extremely efficient guy. And for all the flack that I've seen people, uh, you know, give Kobe and, and Jordan later on in his career for his their efficiency, I think for everybody that dick rides James Harden, you have to accept. This is not a guy that shows up in big-time moments. And, Matt, I'm sure you might know this, right? I'm sure you might know this. But James Harden, he is uh, the third player in NBA history. He has 2,000 points and 500 assists in four straight seasons. He's the only third player in history. So James Harden makes history. Granted, of those 2,000 points, uh, like seven, uh, 800 of those come from free throws. But I think it just has to be stated, like, this dude is averaging 36 minutes a game. He's taking 21 shots a game, taking 10 three-pointers a game. But when you get to his efficiency, it has to be talked about in the playoffs because – this is what people have been saying, right, Matt? Like everybody's saying, in the playoffs, he just doesn't show up like that. He just doesn't show up. Uh, he's averaging the highest amount of shots, I think, per game uh, this season than he's ever averaged, which should, which is weird, right, because he was a shooting guard in 2015, 2016. He's been a shooting guard. He played point guard and had 19 shots a game. And this year he's averaging 21 shots a game which is more. So I don't think that bodes well for the playoffs, in my opinion, because he shot 41% from the field uh, last year and 28% from three. And he shot 31% from three uh, the last season before that. And then in 2014, he shot 29% from three and 38% from the field. So when people say, oh, you know, James Harden is in a playoff choker, not so much he's a choker, it's just he doesn't perform well in the playoffs because his style of play does not actually fit in the playoffs. So for everyone who's like, yo, Houston Rockets have won 60 games, I'll give it up to the Rockets. They're a Mike D'Antoni coach team. Offensively, they're amazing. They're great. Um, but you have to be able to, to handle both ends of the court. 
respectively in the playoffs. And I don't feel like the Rockets have that and they don't have what it takes. That is my opinion. Um, so that's one thing, and that's for the Rockets. Uh, but if you are, if you, but if you are a Rockets, uh, a Rockets fan, you can take happiness in the fact that Chris Paul is playing decent. James Harden has James Harden is not playing at his. He had a triple double today, but it was like a very stat stuffing triple double against a, a Atlanta Hawks team that was missing two of their like their two best players. So it's not really anything to rave home about. Um, but like I said, they're building up good habits. Um, they're trying to protect the basketball more. Um, James Harden is averaging, I think, a career low in turnovers, but he's still averaging like over four turnovers a game. So it's not like it's, you know, it's not like it's anything really special. You know what I mean? Like it's not really special. Like he had two turnovers today, which is actually good for him. Um, only two turnovers. But then you look at prior games before and, uh, you know, you see he's, he can be very turnover prone. He had nine turnovers the night before against the Pelicans, who the Pelicans aren't even a good, you know, a good, a great defensive team. But, you know, Harden puts up 27 points, six rebounds, and eight assists, and he shoots like 46% from the field, 27% from three, with nine turnovers. And it's that level of inconsistency, in my opinion, it's that level of inconsistency that makes him fall off. Like he's he was shooting what like a couple like a week ago, he was shooting almost forty six percent and like close to thirty nine percent from three. Now he's at forty four percent and thirty six percent you know, so his numbers are dropping off a little bit as the season starts to kind of go on. And then you know you know you know how you know the mo you know how momentum works, Matt. You don't want that momentum shift right to to you know, and I think that's what's happening. That's why when I was talking to a friend, I'm, I'm talking to my friend, and he's like, yo, I don't know, man. Like, they're looking, they looking good right now. And I'm like, but they're building bad habits. They're becoming more turnover prone, which is not good for them. Uh, in my opinion, I don't think that's, that's not a good sign for them uh, because they're, they're becoming more turnover prone. The Rockets have averaged more turnovers than that, since the All-Star break than they did the entire season. Um, so it's a level of consistency that they need to build up because when you start playing top-tier defenses, then that presents a problem. That presents a problem. So, um, yeah. So for Houston Rockets fans, like I said, I, I think you guys should pat yourselves on the back. 60 wins probably. I think at best they'll lose maybe two more games, maybe three, depending on how many, you know, if D'Antoni really rests these guys. Um, but – if they don't, I mean, I'll be honest, if they don't actually lose another game or maybe lose, like, one more game or maybe, like, one or two, I would love to see this because I do not believe that they're going to make it to the finals this year or really the Western Conference finals. I, I mean, I, I actually feel like they could lose in the second round just because that's how that team is built. They're built to be that way. So, and it's like I said, it's no offense at all. No offense at all to the uh, to the uh, to the Houston Rockets fan base. I mean, no, actually, it is offense. Fuck the Houston Rockets fan base. Fuck fucking fans. But they're playing great basketball. They actually are a decent defensive team, but they just they've gotten very lucky. Like a lot of their best defensive performances, I've noticed this, 
are against teams on the on the back end of a you know back to back or a team that's just not good offensively. Those are their best, like the like the New Orleans Pelicans, right? Somebody was like, "Oh man, the Rockets held the Pelicans to ninety one points," and I was like, "Hey, did it ever dawn on you that this was the eighth game in like ten days for the Pelicans? They played literally before that. They played. Uh, they played what was it? Three games in a row in three days, three straight days, three games." So that was just – I feel like that was fatigue for the Pelicans. They got to rebound. But, uh, Matt, I know you said you got to get ready to go. Uh, so I'm going to let you chime in, uh, say what you got to say, and then I'm going to move on a little uh, – move on once you get off and, and uh, before I close the show out. Yeah. Um, well, I, for those who don't know, I uh, like I stated earlier, I, I jacked up my ankle at practice today and – now it's starting to swell up pretty bad, <laughs> but here's something I'm gonna I'm gonna add in here in terms of with the Rockets and with James Harden because my grandfather and I were having this conversation about that, and I, and I say that we we all know that come what come the NBA playoffs that's where your defense has to really kick in, right? Yep. Now. Also, let's keep one thing in mind, too. Look at the potential matchups for who the Rockets got to play. So let's let's put this in perspective, Drew. Let's, let's go ahead and let's play a game. Let's put this in perspective here. Let's look at the current NBA standings right now. Let's say that the, that the, that the NBA playoffs ended today, correct? Let's say they ended today, right? And. Yep. That would mean that that would mean the um, what's they face? That would mean the Rockets would have the number one would have the number one seed in the playoffs. Good for you. You have the number one seed in the playoffs. You know, yippee ki right? Oh, your your first round matchup has to be against has to be against Utah, who Utah has been looking pretty good. Utah has been looking pretty decent. So say you win that one, all right? You have to play the winner of Oklahoma City and New Orleans. Then on top of that, you'll have to play the Golden State Warriors. On top of that, you play the Golden State Warriors. In, in the next round, and also you have to have to keep in mind, this is a this is this is why I keep saying I think Golden State's gonna win again, because Steve Kerr is a ski man. He on this ski mask shit right now. He on this ski mask shit right now. In my opinion, the Steph injury notwithstanding, I'm gonna get into that probably when you get off. But Kevin Durant, two weeks rest. He'll be back on Tuesday. Clay Thompson probably back on Thursday, or Saturday. Draymond Green was supposed to be back tonight, but he'll be back uh, Tuesday. They're gonna their bench is playing. I'll, I'm just gonna point this out. Do not pay attention to the win loss column for Golden State right now. Don't pay attention to that. 
because they're forfeiting games. They're giving away games in favor of getting them together for their bench. They're point saving because they know for a fact, okay, we don't have to go out and win these games because we're 10 games ahead of Portland. We're not going to drop to the, to the third seed. We're not going to kill ourselves to win regular season games. We're going to get our guys healthy as possible, well-rested, and we're going to try and go out and, and fuck these dudes up, everybody we play. Oh, they're, gonna, they're going out the there. They're going to go out there and say, look, we don't care if we got to go to Houston and do this. We don't care if we got to go to Houston and do this or, or, or to Antarctica. We don't care. It's going to get done. Here's the truth. Whether you like it or here's not, we're going to go into your house and do it. And, we, and here's the thing that people keep forgetting. Before they got injured, before they got injured, they had injuries. They were the best road team in the NBA. Remember, before the All-Star break, they were a better road team than they were home team. And why do you think that was? Because they were preparing for shit like this. Like I said, I, like the Rockets' mm-hmm. home court advantage, that's awesome, right? But if you're Golden State, they knew for a fact. If if a, if the Spurs had, had Kawhi Leonard healthy and, and wanted to take the, the – the, the number one seed, or if it was OKC that played better than, than what people expected, Golden State was just like, okay, we don't need, why are we fighting for a number one seed? There's a goal. Yep. Good point. You know, there's a goal better because now you got to think about this. Trevor Rees is old. PJ Tucker's old. If you're a Rockets fan, PJ Tucker's old. Trevor Rees is older. All these guys are older. All these guys are getting older, and they've been playing consistently. Chris Paul is older. He's Chris Paul's declining. Chris Paul is amazing on offensive and defensively. He's declined a little bit too. Just like how LeBron, LeBron is amazing offensively, but defensively he declined too. Like Chris Paul has his moments where he just declines. Like he's getting, he got cooked on certain nights. Donovan Mitchell's cooked him. Like you know, it, it happens. Uh, and the way they play defense on Houston is just it's not ideal, in my opinion. But what, what stuck out to me the most, I'll be honest, is I've been watching these games and paying attention. And when I was paying attention to certain things, I look at the energy that Houston plays with, the pace that they push. They're not equipped to go really with the pace that uh, – like, listen – when OKC is actually a good team, they can push the pace. Paul George, Russell Westbrook, you're not going to stop a Russell Westbrook full steam ahead driving to the basket. It's just not going to happen. Paul George get cooking, which is not really often, but not, not right now. But, you know, when he's on, he's on. So it's like it, it really depends on, you know, that. But for Golden State versus Houston, it just all comes down to the point of how well-prepared are your bench guys? How well prepared are they to defend? How well prepared are they to go out there and do what they need to do? And what I don't think people seem to realize is a depleted Golden State held the Minnesota Timberwolves to 105 defensively without Steph Curry, uh, without Andre Iguodala that game, without David West, without Jordan Bell. These are their best defensive players. 
So uh, like a lot of their best defensive players were missing from that game. Their their bench pieces. You need to get your bench pieces all you know rolling. So what we've seen from Golden State since then is that they've basically said, let's rest Clay, let's rest KD, let's rest Draymond. He's got the second seed. It doesn't matter. Truth be told, they probably don't believe in Houston like everybody else does because they have high basketball IQ. They probably don't believe in them. You know what I'm saying? Like, why, like the reason why I say they don't believe in them is because look at what Houston is doing now and how much effort they've put into sustaining the number one seed. They wanted it. They chased it. They, it looks like they can't be beat. And then all that changes come playoff time. All of that changes come playoff time. And then when that changes, then the narrative is, oh, my God, you know, Houston ain't choked or, or blah, blah, blah this, blah, blah, blah that. And it's just, it, 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 just, it just baffles me to see people so on, on this Houston kick. Because like I said, I watched a Golden State team today that didn't have any offense. But in the first quarter, in the second quarter, they nearly outplayed a Utah Jazz team that has something to play for. The Utah Jazz have a lot to play for. Golden State was missing 83 points of offense. Going off the average between those four all-stars, Steph averages 26. KD averages 26-27. Clay averages 20. Draymond averages 11. (laughs) So... That's 83 points of offense that they're missing. And they still competed with their bottom feeding, the bottom feeders of their roster. Quinn Cook is playing amazing. Andre Godawa is, is looking like himself again. JaVel McGee has played solid in his role. Uh, Jordan Bell's getting his legs under him. David West is struggling a little bit. But that's going to work out, you know, it'll even out over the next few games. So with that, if you're going into the postseason with Steph Curry resting, he's out. I mean, Steph Curry's not resting. He has a, he has a knee uh, MCL sprain. I really think Steph's injury is a grade one MCL sprain, not actually a grade two. But I don't I, – I actually, I actually, for some reason, I think they're bullshitting. I think they're trying to rest him as much as possible and kind of get them into a groove and, and but whatever. So they're going to reevaluate him in three weeks. Even if it was a grade two, we know uh, a non-serious grade two with no type of bone bruises and things like that would only take somewhere between two to four weeks to recover. So if that is the recovery time and he's back in four weeks, he would probably be around for the third or fourth game in the series of the first round. Now, if the if the Warriors were to need him and they couldn't get it done and, and sweep the first round, then he'd probably play. I think he'd probably play um, at some point. But Steve Kerr said he's absolutely not going to play because I think they're thinking we're going to have Clay, we're going to have KD, we're going to have Draymond. Uh, our bench is going to play better. Quinn Cook's going to be starting at, at point guard. He'll get 10 to 15 shots a game, probably give him 17, 20 points. And that's really all you really need from him. Uh, you know, get maybe eight or ten points off the bench from Livingston. 
uh, Igadawa, Jordan Bell, you know, get these guys all focused and ready. Like I said, they've been the best road team. They know how to win games against good teams. They did it without Steph. And then, of course, Steph comes back. And, you know, Steph comes back, and then uh, the rest is history. I feel like that's what this is all building to. That's what they're building to, in my opinion. <clears throat> so that's what I'm feeling right now. I feel like it's all built into a Steph return and a finals MVP for Steph and Curry. I think that'll be what uh, what we end up getting. And uh, we, we lost Matt. He's he's headed to the uh, headed to the ER. Hope hope all, hope all goes well. But yeah. I, I honestly think, honestly, man, I just honestly think that uh, all this is building up to a Golden State Warriors, another championship. Uh, Steph was fully healthy. I just said they'd go 16-0, and but uh, I think they'll probably win the first round in like five games, um, probably five games or so, and they'll come in focus, recharge, Quinn Cook as a starting point guard. And I was saying, if you're going against the Minnesota Timberwolves, or if, you know, you're going against a, say, Utah Jazz uh, even, or San Antonio Spurs without Kawhi Leonard, then you don't need Steph Curry um, like that. I think the Utah Jazz presents a problem, but to see how well the defense plays, uh, the second unit defense plays against, you know, the first unit. If If Kevin Durant plays that game today, the the Warriors probably win that because the deep and Draymond Green plays there they probably win that so with two All Stars you can probably win that game because Draymond provides more on the defensive end he can he can try to you know stay in the post a little bit KD provides a little more run protection Javale McGee was not scared to go at uh, Rudy Gobert and Rudy Gobert did you know he got his rebounds he ate you know he ate his food but um. They're, they're they're trying. They're playing hard. They're cutting down on some of their turnovers. At least they're trying to cut down on turnovers. And they're playing good defense. They're challenging at the rim. They're getting steals. They're not getting the calls they should get. So I think, like I said, I feel like heading into the playoffs, Kevin Durant comes back. Klay Thompson comes back fully healthy. He can he can shoot from his left. He can shoot with his right. Um, now, I mean, they're probably not going to use his left. Uh, in games, but you know, I I think the success of the Golden State Warriors is very possible. Um, I could see them without Steph and with Quinn Cook as starting point guard, uh, and the intensity leveled up. I could see them actually sweeping or five gaming the first round, uh, heading into the second round, probably more than likely against the the, the Portland Trailblazers with Steph Curry coming back, but with Quinn Cook coming off the bench. I think the matchup, they don't match up the same anymore. I think Golden State's depth is what's going to make such a, you know, tough out. And then the Blazers, for some reason the Blazers in the playoffs just don't play as well as you, you'd want them to or you'd think they, they should be able to. So with all of that, I think we'll see, uh, you know, like I said, they, I, I logically, logically I feel as though, um, we're we're gonna see Minnesota. In my opinion, I think Minnesota's gonna finish in seventh. Uh, I don't think Jimmy Butler's gonna actually come back. And uh, you know, yeah, I don't think Jimmy Butler's gonna come back one hundred percent. 
And I think if – I think that's the luck of the draw for any team uh, is Minnesota. For a team like Golden State, Minnesota is the is the draw. Um, you know, Golden State has to get by the first round. They have enough talent to get by the first round. And I think mentally – any team facing them, even without Steph, is like, okay, we got a chance, and it just won't happen the way I think they uh, they'll expect it to happen. If Golden State goes out there and KD plays amazing, Draymond plays great, Clay plays great. This is what they were waiting for the playoffs. So their intensity is going to be even higher. So you're going to see a different Golden State than we've seen. We're going to see that Golden State that went on a 11 game win streak, that went on a seven game win streak where they blew out every opponent, including good opponents, by 20 points or more. So that's what you're going to end up seeing, uh, in my opinion, is what you're going to end up seeing in the playoffs from them. They're going to want to go out there and kill you, rip your heart out, and that is a dangerous thing for the NBA. Uh, for the Cavs fans out there, I just want to let you know LeBron is playing amazing. But it does say a lot when he has to uh, – <laughs> when he has to go out there and, you know, play 40 minutes, hit daggers and, you know what I'm saying, like hit dagger, dagger shots and, and put up 37, 10, and 8 to beat the Nets, the Brooklyn Nets. You know, they struggled. They, they were down most of the entire game. And it just came down to a fight to the finish in the end and, their defense is still not good. Cleveland's still not a good defensive team. Not even against tanking teams, they're not that good. I mean, they did pretty well against the Suns. But, I mean, you know, it's all about staying engaged and getting things together. And as far as I'm concerned, um, you know, the Cavs have a good pass. Um, I, think, I think the Celtics should be okay with Terry Rozier balling out. Uh, nobody knows what's going on with Marcus Smart. But uh, everybody's stepping up, and I think if Kyrie can come back in the, uh, you know, around game two, three, or or maybe the second round, they can make it past the first. I think that's the Celtics seem to be really worried about because defensively they're still playing great defense. Defensively they can still play great defense, so I think that's the uh, that's the thing, man. So it's another another uh, another fifty win season for the Celtics, the second in a row. Um, and on top of that, the uh, Toronto Raptors lost today, so uh, it's 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 looking interesting right now, man. I'll say that it's looking really interesting out there in the uh, in the East. Um, I don't expect the uh, the Cavs to really be able to like finish the season out uh, on a massive win streak. I feel like they're going to lose a couple games heading into this, maybe like two or three more games. Um, I think they're, what, like 43 and 29 or 43 and 30 or something like that. So I think they'll they'll, they'll experience a loss or two coming up. And then, uh, you know, they'll head into the first round and playoff time. And, you know, they're, they'll build good habits up. And I still expect them to come out the East, just like I expect Golden State to come out the West. So I think we'll see – the Golden State Warriors and the Cavs for the fourth time, and I think this go around, uh, Steph Curry is going to be well rested, and I, and I think people have to understand like he's going to come right into the playoffs, and it's going to be uh, intensity, and he, he's going to need Steph doesn't need four or five games to get the rust off because his injuries aren't that long, 
like a three-week injury is like okay. Like he had a two-week injury where it was like, all right, got to get him back in mode. And what happens is Steph came into the game and he struggled with the uh, in the Hawks the Hawks game. He struggled a little bit, um, but he eventually got his rhythm. He started going off, and you know I think that's what you wanted you want out of uh, out of Steph is to, is to struggle a little bit and get get his momentum going. So I think if I was Golden State. I would uh, play Steph. If Steph's healthy enough, I'd play him in either game three or four. Like, if let's say Golden State wins their first two games, you know, they win their first two games in the first round without Steph and Quinn Cook is doing well, I would say, hey, you know what? Game three, let's, let's bring him off the bench maybe. Let him work with the second unit so it's not as strenuous. Or maybe start him to keep him on a minutes restriction. And then in game four, if you guys win game three, in game four, let him, you know, get some more run out there. And then that way he's getting his legs under him and then come time for the second round, he can play. So I think that is ideally what they want. And like I said, recovery time is two to four weeks um, with two being the ideal uh, set. He's only, he got a really minor limp uh, in his knee, but it doesn't seem like it's that bad or that severe. So, if Steph's injury is not that severe, he can heal in anywhere from two, two and a half weeks. And by April 14th, he gets reevaluated and it's like, hey, he can resume basketball activities 100% uh, and maybe even practice, um, you know, a day or two after that or, or whatever. So whatever they, whoever it turns out to be, uh, I think Steph will be back just fine. <laughs> and the Golden State Warriors will easily, not easily, but they should get out the first round. They should be able to find ways to win, go out there and compete. And, uh, yeah, man, uh, I just, like I said, I think this is Golden State's year, but this is going to be one of those years where it's just like they had to, uh, you know, where they, you know, kind of have to go out there and 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 do what they have to do uh, in the sense of they got to go out there and play their best basketball. When Steph comes back, I feel like Steph's return is going to be like a freight train. He's just going to just kill everything. Like, the injuries are happening. They're freak accidents. So the attention and detail and the focus that the Warriors are going to have in the playoffs will probably prevent those injuries from happening. And I think the three weeks off for Steph allows him not only to rest even more, but to get his, his right ankle, which is the problem. His right ankle, I believe, is the problem. Uh, that he just finished resting, that's the one where you look at Steph and it's like, okay, so Steph has another three weeks to not only get his knee together, and it's like it's a small, minor, you know, and it'll be easily fixed, and, it, you know, it won't. That's a quick fix. And, you know, they have the best staff and the best medicine and everything in the world, so Steph should be good on that end. And then his ankle, which is not 100%, that ankle might be 98%, 95% in the next three weeks, and that gives them time to fully heal. KD's fully healed. KD's had rest. Clay's had rest. And these guys are going to come back because it's like you don't want to rest them till the playoffs because you want them to get into a rhythm. You want them to be better. You want them to do these things. So um, the rumor is that KD will be back on Tuesday. Draymond will be back on Tuesday. Clay probably Thursday or maybe uh, Saturday, whatever the other game is. So uh, the more success that we have from um, from 
from them, uh, the better. So, uh, you know, the success rate for, for, for the defense and the offense. And I think if, you know, Clay comes back and when Clay comes back, Clay's he's going to be ready to get back in. So, you know, he's good for 15, 20 a night. KD can get you 25, 30 a night. Uh, you know, Quinn Cook is now someone who can give you 15, 20 a night. Draymond could put up 15 a night, you know, with 10 rebounds and 10 assists or triple double if he needs to. So that instantly changes the dichotomy. And then, um, you know, you're trying to get Patrick McCall, his, his leg is back, and Jordan Bell and David West and Andre Iguodala. So come playoff time, these veterans are going to be ready. These younger guys are going to be focused. And then, you know, it, there's not so much of an effort to be like, yo, let's go out and win games against playoff teams. This is let's get our habits up so we know what to expect. Let's treat this like it's playoff basketball. Um, so, yeah, like I said, I, I think Golden State will be fine, man. And uh, I think first round, they might have to grind out a couple wins. But that's what you need in the playoffs. You need to have that grind mentality. And if they can do that, that's, that's, that's the key to their success in the postseason. Um, as for, like, the Toronto Raptors, Houston Rockets, I just haven't taken them that serious yet. We'll see how it works now with uh, – with, with Chris Paul uh, there, but I'll be honest, even with Chris Paul there, you know, James Harden isn't the most efficient guy, and Chris Paul's injury history makes me think he'll probably end up having If he plays again Tuesday, there's also a chance he might get injured, uh, or if he plays against the Blazers when they play again, he might get injured. You never, you can never be too sure uh, on things like this. So uh, I think it'll be interesting, man. Uh, really interesting to see um, – how the, how the Blazers go and how the Rockets go heading into the playoff stretch. And I think the problem with the Rockets winning so many games is that, you know, winning becomes second nature. Winning becomes easy, but then all of a sudden the style of play change, the defensive intensity, uh, the foul calls change a little bit. Uh, these refs are trash, but the foul calls do change. Like we complained last year about the foul calls and, and stuff, and then the postseason – it was it was still bad, but it was not as bad, and it was lesser and lesser calls. So uh, for the Rockets, they can't depend on free throws, and they got to keep jacking up a bunch of threes, and you know eventually they might go cold. When that happens, they become a beatable team. I think Chris Paul's mid-range game uh, is a big proponent of why they've been successful in late-game situations because instead of jacking up multiple threes, Chris Paul will take the ball and go, or James Harden will take the ball and try to drive or or, you know, hit a three that he probably shouldn't have shot. Um, but, yeah, I, 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 don't, I don't believe in Houston to go to the finals or to be Golden State in the conference finals. But I do see them possibly, you know, probably making the conference finals. I think Golden State, though, will be so well-rested and, and, and be in such a good momentum swing that I think we'll see uh, them get continually better as we progress which is essentially the, the perfect plan. They're, they're bringing their guys back as they're healthy, uh, getting them all in rhythm separately with different units and different parts. So, so if one unit isn't working, go to the, let's try this defensive unit in the first round or the second round. And Steph comes back and Steph stays healthy, closes out, you know, what if Steph misses, and I think this is another thing people don't get. Let's say the Warriors say, look, we want to win and we want to make history. So let's say – for the sake of the argument, right, let's say Golden State 
wins all four games of the first round without Steph Curry. Quinn Cook goes off, KD goes off, Clay goes off, Draymond goes off, Andre Godala plays good, their defense is great. And they just win both of the games, all four of the games. And heading into the second round, you have, you're well-rested, all your guys are well-rested, Steph comes back. Maybe the first game you struggle a little bit, but you guys pull out a hard-fought win. Then second game, you start to be more of a rhythm, pull out another hard-fought win. And then game three comes around, another hard-fought win. But game four, you blow the team out like you're, like you're known to do. You showcase that dominant side. So what happens is once you find that rhythm, you carry it into the Western Conference Finals, and that is what they're banking on. You carry a mostly fresh Steph Curry, fully healed guy that has, has had time to sit down, mentally recharge, take that frustration of being injured, take that frustration of only playing 50 games, and dropping 212 three-pointers uh, in the midst of that, shooting 50, 42, and 92 from the field for a whole season. Uh, so you're doing that. And so in doing that, the, the, you know, your frustration allows you, your, your anger allows you to become such a, you know, such an aggressive player when you come back. You want to come back and play. The playoffs is what you're waiting for the entire year. You know, and I think I said the Warriors, I think the Warriors can probably finish the season 61-21. and 21. I think that's what they're probably looking at, or 60-22, and 22. Uh, because they've got a lot of easy games. They're 54-19 right now, but if KD's back and Draymond's back on Tuesday – uh, play against the Pacers. I think if Quinn Cook plays good, and I think Nick Young can get some shots up against their defense. I think they can they can beat the uh, the Pacers, and I believe they could also beat the um, the Milwaukee Bucks, who, who've been struggling a little bit. And then Clay Thompson will be back, and you know then they'll be able to you know from that point uh, play the Suns and play the Sacramento Kings. And if you've got your All Stars, at least one or two of them that should be something to pull off because we've seen the second unit without, you know, with Draymond leading them, close games with everybody, close games with the Kings, close game, you know, uh, 15-point blowout of the Suns, uh, very close game with the Spurs, and then Draymond went down, and they came back and fought. This is a team that, you know, they're well coached as much as we try to crack those. They're well coached. So I think, um, like I genuinely think, that, uh, you know, you really want to, uh, you know, get into a rhythm, and that's exactly what I believe the, uh, uh, you know, exactly what Golden State's about to do. You know, I really think that's what Golden State's about to do, about to get in some really, really good, uh, you know, really, really good rhythm, get stuff back, you know, sometime in the first round or maybe the beginning of the second round. And then from there, you got Steph. All you have to do is win 12 games with with a fully healthy Steph, you know, with a, with a mostly healthy Steph, with KD, Clay, Draymond, and the entire squad healthy. And that, to me, is what will make the difference. I think they can win four games against whoever's in the second round. They can win four games against whoever's in the Western Conference Finals. And they can win four games against whoever's in the uh, NBA Finals. Any setback is just to overcoming adversity. And for any team that can overcome adversity and injury and push through and, and, and win a championship, that's, this is the season to me that will define the all-time legacy 
of the Golden State Warriors. I think that is what it is. You know, they, these guys aren't tired. They aren't mentally exhausted. They're getting into rhythm to where they can be even more. You know, where they can do 15, 20 minutes and, and, and just make it happen. And that's a beautiful thing. It's a beautiful thing in basketball to see uh, the Warriors without any all-stars or any of their offensive players, or the top offensive players, I should say. So it's, it's, it's really interesting to see them go out there with those guys and, and do what they do, whether it's Quinn Cook putting up 17, 5, and 6, or, or 28 points, 25 points, and just find the consistent rhythm uh, to go out there and do what he does. I think that is the, uh, the, that is the thing that will make them a stronger team this year in the playoffs than they were last year, actually. Uh, you know, like we've seen, the, the chance is there for them to embarrass the Minnesota Timberwolves by 25 or uh, the Phoenix Suns by 45 or, you know, the Mavericks by 30. But, I mean, these aren't, you know, you know or, the, or the Rockets by 10, uh, which is the largest margin of victory between both the teams in that game. Um, this year, or, you know, beat the Thunder by 30, overcome the Celtics, beat the Raptors, go to halftime with the Raptors with an 81-54 lead. You know, so the Warriors, can, they can take care of what they can do uh, better than anybody. They push the pace. If they push the pace and play defense and defend and just try to get buckets, nobody's beating that Warriors team. Steph comes back healthy by, by the time the second round starts, so maybe a little before that. He's going to win finals MVP. This is what he's building to. The hardest fought title that the Warriors will ever have to go through is going to end up with Steph finally getting the MVP he deserved two years ago, three seasons ago now. But, um, yeah, so it'll be a third ring in four years. Warriors are going to do it. And my family is going to do it. So, um, yeah, man, uh, Golden State. Is looking to me looking pretty good. The Cavs are looking good. The Celtics are looking pretty solid, even without Kyrie or Marcus Smart or any of the uh, important pieces. Um, yeah, so the NBA playoffs start April 14th, uh, not too far from now. So hope y'all are all ready, man, because it's definitely going down. It's definitely going down with the NBA playoffs. But we're going to wrap it up because we don't have Matt anymore, and I've just been talking. So, um, you can follow me at True God Immortal. Follow Matt at True Blue Larry Twenty One. Follow at Eyes on the Ring at Team D A R and check out EyesOnTheRing dot com and DefineOurRevolution dot com. But until next week, we are gonna head out. But uh, yeah, Matt should have a show I think on Thursday, and I'll probably be on there. Uh, but if you can't catch us Thursday, catch me back here Sunday next Sunday. Same channel, same time. We out.